This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the C3 courtroom, Panther Nation. Your judge and jury on another episode of Debate My Take, where Cody Lashney and myself go toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano, two men with great hair, two men with great personalities, two men with great takes, but only one man wins today, and it's usually me. That's right. It's Tony Dunn, the professor, here to debate my take with my co-host, Cody Lashney. Tony Dunn, we're back in the C3 courtroom, and I'm here once again to embarrass you in front of the jurors known as the C3 fans. I do it every time we do this, and it has become my pleasure to do it. I'm excited to school you once again, compadre. Let's get to ruling. Lots of good topics. You can see them on the screen right now. We ask you to smash the thumbs up button, jump in the comment section, and tell us which one of these cats right here wins tonight's debate and you can always submit your debate topics to us using the hashtag c3 debates c3 debates or you could use c3 debate my take we're still arguing over which one's the better one to use as a hashtag but tonight first topic we're in the we're ladies and gentlemen of the jury will matt rule have a third year in carolina Will he be the head coach in 2022? I open the floor to you. Tony, I know you and I have spoken about this a little bit in a few of our live streams, and I'm going to throw a curveball at you to start the day. Now, I've done a little bit of evolving on this matter, even in the, in the past 24 hours, I would say. But Tony Dunn, I'm here to tell you that as much as you and I may not like it, as much as the fans of the Carolina Panthers may not like it, Matt Rule is going to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers in 2022. And everything that has led me to that conclusion looks like this, right? David Tepper, he told the fans when he started this that, yeah, Republicans are not going to be a Super Bowl contender next year. They have a clear long-term plan for what David Tepper, at least, thinks the Carolina Panthers are going to look like. And the fact of the matter is, Matt Rule knew that he had a certain amount of leash in order to accomplish all those goals. Well, when you look at the how terrible the quarterback position has been, and with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, then you go to Sam Darnold. Now you bring Cam Newton into the process much later than you would have liked to have had him. And really, as much as we like it or not, even though Matt Rule has played a pivotal part in the quarterback decision-making position, we have to understand that, quite simply, 
Matt Rule has never had one true season with a starting quarterback under center. Now, maybe we're going to be able to fix that in the offseason. Maybe we aren't. But the fact of the matter is, David Tepper is not going to be willing to wear that egg on his face just yet. He has too many excuses as to why Matt Rule hasn't been successful. And they're going to give him another offseason to build up to that legendary third-year Matt Rule. At Temple and Baylor, the third year is when Matt Rule has been able to turn around his program and finally have a legitimate playoff contending football team. David Tepper is going to at least give him that long, even though we may not like it. You're absolutely wrong. Matt Rule will not be the coach in 2022. He cannot be the coach in 2022 because things have worked out so poorly, so horrifically, and it has been on his at his feet and at his hands that this has happened. Number one, all of these quarterback problems are by his choosing, by his approval. Very simple. He decided to part ways with Cam Newton with probably the encouragement of a David Tepper saying, I don't know if I can handle another season derailed by Cam Newton. But if Matt Rule really wanted that, if he wanted Cam Newton, he could have had him. He could have said, let's try to make it happen with Cam and see where this sucker goes. But no, he brought in Joe Brady. And I don't want to hear this mess about Joe Brady being a David Tepper pick. That is pure speculation based on zero evidence by people. Matt Rule said when he was in New York, and part of the reason he did not get the job not uh, when he applied for the job or interviewed for the New York Jets job the year before, one of the main reasons he did not get that job or when Matt Gase got it over, is because Matt Rule said, I have to be in full control of my staff. So if he was that steadfast, particularly after getting, um, then going on and having success at Baylor and having uh, all this money, they had to lure him away. You think that he had to bow to David Tepper on trying to say, I will take whoever you get me at offensive quarter uh, coordinator? So... Those two guys then, Joe Brady and Matt Rule, bring in Teddy Bridgewater. After one year, they abandoned ship. Things looked okay. And I would have said six weeks, six months ago, six weeks ago, even four weeks ago, that Matt Rule would be the, the head coach in 2022. But things have come, and come off the rails so much. And this man right here looks disheveled. He looks defeated and now rumors are surfacing that he could be a good fit or people are thinking he might be in Oklahoma, right? He could get a big time college job if he was to be fired or quit at this point. I think the reason he is not the coach in 2022 is because exactly the opposite of what you said. He doesn't have a plan. There is no plan and it is becoming clear. The quarterback plan has been a non-plan and it hasn't worked. And now the team is in such disarray and he looks so beaten and broken or just unknowing what to do here that it indicates that the plan has changed and the plan don't involve Matt Rule no more. There's no way he can be the head coach in 2022. And there's certainly no way if for some reason he was kept around that Joe Brady could be the offensive coordinator. So. Matt Rule, Matt Fool, 
You're out of here. See you. Uh, you Okie dokie. You're heading to Oklahoma. <laughs> and I did see a rumor today stating uh, that Matt Rule will not Bobby Patino, the Carolina Panthers, and leave to college. So I guess only time will tell what the jury will come back with on that one, Tony Dunn. But let's move to this next topic. And this is one that has been hot on my mind. In fact, I've been arguing and debating people on Twitter for the past seemingly a couple weeks about it. And is that, is Derek Brown worth the top 10 pick at, or at the top, a top 10 pick that was he was drafted with two years into his NFL career? Was he worth his initial draft selection? And Tony, I don't know if you want to go first, if you want me to go first. I feel a very clear way on this uh, topic right here. You go ahead because you do feel a clear way, and I probably am going to have to agree with you, but for different reasons. Yeah, so listen, I, I think I want to start it off this way. I think Derek Brown is a good football player. And I'm not just going to use his most recent performances against him and say that that's all he is capable of, right? But we have to be honest about who Derek Brown is, what kind of player he is going to be, and who he was drafted to be. Derek Brown is a very strong, powerful young man, defensive tackle that you can play anywhere on the D-line interior. You can put him at zero tech. One tech, you can have him at three technique. Heck, sometimes you can even put him at a wide five. But what I'm here to tell you about Derek Brown is that he was never worth a top 10 pick. He is a run-stuffing defensive tackle. He will never put up crazy sack totals and be a premier pass rusher in the NFL. So while being a run-stuffer, and having a bully in the middle is incredibly important. I can argue that you can find two or three players like that almost every draft. And they might not have quite the measurables that Derek Brown does. But you can find serviceable defensive tackles in the draft almost every year. And Tony, I would argue with you that we did it this year. Not once, but twice. With Davion Nixon and Phil Hoskins looking very impressive in their limited time here in Carolina. There were, when Derrick Brown was selected, uh, there were two really good offensive linemen still available on the board. Uh, you know, I'm a Clemson fan, so I still would have preferred Isaiah Simmons to be on the team when you look at how he is a top-tier athlete at the linebacker position. I still think that we could have used that. And quite frankly, Derek Brown is only going to be so good. He's good for maybe three or four sacks a year, a few pressures here and there, but he is never going to be the centerpiece of your defense. I'm sorry, Tony. Derek Brown is not worth the top 10 pick that was spent on. I, I'm going to have to change the question a bit. Right, is that says the debate is over top 10 pick worthy. Is he worth a top 10? And um, by the nature of that question, I would say yes. It's just simply put is that he is a elite 
or could be had the elite skill set of a defensive tackle, versatile, um, seemingly a guy who could be plugged in and played from day one, which is what happened. And he ended up starting all of these games. And I don't want to, um, you know, he's he, he made a big difference to the Carolina Panthers defense immediately. And on top of that, I just don't want to um, dump on him, like you said, simply because of the recent struggles of the Carolina Panthers and where he has become um, at least uh, a, looks like a fall guy uh, at the very least for, for Matt Rule. Maybe he hasn't been playing great. And he did not deserve to start. We'll have to, you know, time will tell on that. I am going to alter. So, yes, is I think he's got the skill set for to be top 10. And I think that just because you are a run stuffing defensive lineman does not exclude you um, from the defense from the top 10 pick. He should not have been Carolina's pick, though. And the reason this being is that despite the Carolina Panthers having an atrocious run defense, uh, before they drafted Derrick Brown. And that is pr- really the reason that they did make that move is because the the run defense had been so porous in 2019 that there needed to be some sort of radical measures taken, it felt like, to improve that. Um, sadly, the Panthers haven't been fantastic against the run, so it alone did not alleviate it. But what they have been horrific at is that offensive line. And Tristan Riffs, 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 Riffs. Yep, Tristan Riffs. And Makai Becton both go after Derek Brown here. So I don't even want the allure of an Isaiah Simmons. I don't want this. I want you guys to remember that the Carolina Panthers are losing games more so because of their offensive line than they are because of their inability to stop the run at this current juncture. The analytics people tell us that the run is not that important that being able to pass the ball is. And one thing we can't do is run or pass with a bunch of bums we got on the offensive line. The jury may be out on Makai Becton, but he is elite. People were excited about him. He has elite skill set, and I hope he looks like he played well his rookie year, some struggles in training camp, but still a lot of people said they were exaggerated. Tristan Riffs, Riffs, was has been plug and play from day one, from what I can have gathered from uh, Tampa Bay fans. So those both of those guys right there should have been top ten picks. They deserve to be top ten picks, and they deserve to be the Carolina Panthers number seven pick. And Derek Brown, I hope you get it together. But I am not picking anybody in the top in the top ten or in the first round. Until uh, that's not an offensive lineman until we have an offensive line. So wrong pick for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I I, I think uh, one of the things that the defense and the prosecution can agree on here, Tony, is that we would like to see a lot more from Derek Brown, and especially when you consider him being benched. And again, we don't love the judgment of Matt Rule but we want to see some more from our big dog in the middle. I think that's kind of why we tend to agree. Let's move on to this next topic. And this is something that is in a similar vein, but I wanted to give it a new twist. And I'm going to pitch this one to you first and let you go first with it. Should running backs be getting paid top dollar, especially when you have uh, some incredible players like the guys, 
listed here, Tony, our very own Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, incredible football players. But Tony, is the bang worth the buck? Should they get paid big time contracts? Sadly, no. Sadly, no. And that's because when I say sadly, is because I have made arguments that Christian McCaffrey is worth the money that was paid for him. Um, I have made the argument that Christian McCaffrey is more than a running back, but in the vein of a Marshall type Falk, Marshall Falk type player. Um, so more versatile than just calling a running back. Um, but there's two reasons uh, right away that immediately strike me as why these uh, these three running backs shouldn't be paid top. That running back should not be paid top dollar. All three of these guys are injured right now. All three of them are injured at this moment. Um, only one of them has not struggled with injuries his entire career, and that's Derek John Henry, John Derek Henry, the big giant mean man right there who has just experienced his first injury, but a foot injury for a big fella right that could be problematic down the road. I think what we've seen is this, is that really the only person worth paying top dollar is a quarterback. Next, shut down corners they they have they're worth their weight and salt they're worth their weight and salt worth their salt and weight whatever it is worth, worth their, their weight, weight and salt. salt um because we've seen what uh shut down corner uh man cover man corner can do and we also saw uh the scheme that miami runs uh or the dolphins run which is what is that zero blitz or whatever basically just that man up scheme that gave the Carolina Panthers so much problems in this past game against the Miami Dolphins. The new NFL, the passing NFL, uh, can, is you need to have a top-level corner to negate the explosiveness or the dominance of the guys that they're going to continue to throw at you each and every week on the other side. And then defensive ends, um, the pass rush is worth it, right? So paying top dollar to those positions as well as offensive linemen, specifically the left tackle, but more in the probably the modern NFL is either tackle, to be honest. Those positions are where you have to put your money. That's where you sink your cost. Not that these guys are not worth being paid. Not that they are not worth the money they actually are being paid right now. But when they prevent you from paying other players, that's a problem. And on top of that, why does it matter to have a top running back when you got a bum-ass offensive line like the Carolina Panthers do? So yeah. My, my answer is no, sadly. And sadly, because I don't want the Panthers to have made a, a giant you know, mistake. Uh, and maybe you'll be the team that doesn't make the mistake and it works out. But right now, uh, the only running back that's ever made been worth the money he's paid is probably adrian peterson because he's still running <laughs> yeah maybe a frank gore uh who once upon this time seemingly could never die always running listen i, I i'll say this to start R running backs have a very thankless position they're asked to do so many different things and oftentimes the running back is the best pure athlete on the football team but you know what? I'm about to name some guys, and they all have some things in common, right? The guys on the screen, like Christian McCaffrey, 
Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, but also guys like Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Joe Mixon. As soon as these guys get paid, they almost instantly, by some stroke of terrible football god bad luck, start to get hurt and miss meaningful playing time. And most of those guys, I just said to you, Tony Dunn, have missed meaningful playing time this season alone. What's the saying? The best ability is availability. And as unfair as it might be, the very nature of the position is that it is a violent position. They're asked to run full speed, full speed into 300-pound defensive linemen looking to take their head off. Tony Dunn, I know we're agreeing a lot here, but I'll even take it a step further. You shouldn't draft running backs in the top three rounds. They're so easily replaceable with good players coming through the draft all the time that it, it really it doesn't even incentivize you to give them an expensive rookie contract when a, a cheaper, serviceable, undrafted free agent can sometimes break records in the playoff, Tony Dunn. I think Last it is one follow-up question. Sure. I just want your opinion on this is while you said you shouldn't draft a running back in the top three rounds, if you are a team that's filled out, right? Like, you know, you got a quarterback, you got an offensive line sure. that is effective and you're kind of um, on the cusp of being like a great team. Is it worth or is, is there any validity or kind of, I don't know. What do you think about the idea of, yes, if you draft them in the top 10, they get paid a little bit, they get paid more than other first rounders, right? But you do get five years with them and you get a top, top, like, you know, a beyond not searching for a guy who could be good, but you get a guy who immediately is expected to be great. It is a position where you actually is the easier ones to transition to the NFL except for pass blocking. Is there any value though in saying, "Hey, we're gonna dr- we're close. Let's draft this rookie running back top ten, like a McCaffrey, like a Zeke Elliott, and run them into the dirt." for the next three or four years. And if they want to sit out by that point, then you cut them. Well, to me, if you're a team that's considered to be close, as you say, I would put that between picks, what, 25 and 32? Uh, Teams that are already... Yeah, I mean, teams that are already a, a deep playoff, you know, they're already a playoff contending football team. And in that scenario, I would say, yeah, if there's a guy that you absolutely love and your roster is a decent portion of the way filled out already on offense and defense, then yeah, sure. Now, I still find it hard to believe that you couldn't find, you know, a a really good, uh, you know, an offensive lineman or a D lineman or even a corner sometime late in the first round. I would typically like those positions more. But if you feel like you're a running back away, the only time it's ever justified is in the late uh, late first round, early second round. Like you said, that Derrick Henry kind of range, I think, can be defendable sometimes. 
But even still, there are undrafted free agents that are playing well this year. So even that is kind of pushing it for me. I'm one of those old sticklers on running backs and drafting them and paying them, Tony. And I think you'll give me my credit that for as big of a fan of the talent that Christian McCaffrey has, I have been vocal in not not supporting this crazy contract that we're now saddled with for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it wouldn't have been that bad if we just let him walk into free agency. You know, at this point, if you think that's where I almost just like the I, I I like your argument though uh, about the my follow up question. Um, yeah. Interesting things to think about. All right, let's move on. Time for a new look. Should the Carolina Panthers change their jersey and or their scheme? What else should we uh, be thinking about as we get ready to debate this topic? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and go first on this one because I've been feeling this one. For a while. You know, a lot of people think that, well, listen, some teams have a classic look, like the Packers and the Raiders. They never change how they look, right? But what I'm here to tell you is that you can be a classic franchise without having a classic throwback uniform. In fact, many uh, uh, legendary football teams that have a lot of history have oftentimes changed up their outfits and their uniforms and gone on to have great success. I mean, think of, uh, I mean, teams like uh, the Seattle Seahawks, the Patriots, the Denver Broncos, um, even, you know, teams like the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants have been through a bunch of uniform changes. And I think that the Carolina Panthers, especially over the last few years, after being through so many different changes, that our look evolve and change with us, that it continues to move into the future and grow older and mature, just like the Panthers are doing, just like the fans of the Carolina Panthers are doing. And I personally feel like this is something that's kind of long overdue. Not that the Panthers have bad jerseys or our uniforms are ugly, but they're just in need of an update. How long have fans been clamoring for the illustrious black helmet Tony Dunn? I mean, for goodness sakes alive, a Carolina Panther quite literally is black. It is a sleek, black, powerful weapon of killing force. It's an apex predator. We should be able to incorporate that into our helmet, into our uniforms, and do it in a modern way that says the Carolina Panthers are not only the team of the future, but we're a team of the present, Tony Dunn. I think David Tepper needs to make this happen. You know, there's a lot of agreeing on this debate my take today, and uh, so I'm going to have to nuance agree and disagree with you on this. Number one is the real thing that needs to change is the NFL's policy when it comes to helmets. There should be an availability for teams to have two colored helmets or multiple colored helmets throughout the season. The fact is, is that right now the NFL rule says you can only pick one color helmet. So if you pick a black helmet, you got to wear it with the whites, right? If you pick a silver helmet, you got to wear it with both colors, right? You don't get to put a black helmet with the black jerseys, a white helmet with a white jersey and a silver helmet with the, right? Which is such a silly damn rule for a 
billion quadrillion dollar industry and business it's not like these are custom made helmets or they might even be they are like made by hand right so it's not like is like uh, if the factory just chewed out another hundred helmets that like all of a sudden they're defective and they don't protect you the same is right just have it the same stand the same brand and the same type just a different damn color so the NFL has to change this rule. That's the number one thing. The number two thing is why I'm going to say, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, and the reason I'm ready is this. And maybe, you know what? I'm going to say here, there's no way I'll di- differentiate myself. Not this year. Not next year. Right? We got to save it. We got to save it for the year after when we could potentially be good. Or maybe better. Because right now, the idea that... Look, Jerry Richardson's gone. He's an old relic of the past. Man might never die with his plastic heart, but he's gone. And the idea of trying to protect the shield and make Carolina a franchise of the brand, a classic team? We're not a classic team. We're a baby team. We're a new team. And we're losing fans left and right because we suck. Because we've been stinking for three straight years going on. What is it going to be? Four straight? It's going to be like a forced losing season? 18, 19, 20, 21? Yeah. Four losing seasons? Right? We aren't classic. We don't have a brand. What we need to do is we need young, excited fans. And young, excited fans like dope, fresh looks that they can get on Instagram and see, or the gram, or maybe the snap, or the TikTok. You can tell I'm a classic man because I say, the the Twitters. <laughs> the Twitters. But yes, we need to have more than one uniform, but we got to save it for two years because you don't want to unleash some fly-ass uniforms and then go out there and win one game. We need fly-ass uniforms with some fly-ass excitement, and the NFL needs to f- get off their ass and change this helmet policy, dude. They really do. I kind of feel like the defense and prosecution are being paid by the same people tonight. Uh, we're definitely in agreement more than we are disagreement. But this next one that we have on take, you and I have disagreed with even recently, so I'm interested to see if your take has changed on this next one at all and quite frankly it might be one of the most important questions facing the carolina panthers right now and it's should cam newton be qb1 in 2022 now just recently you said that you don't think he should be i'm gonna let you go first and tell me if you have changed on this how do you view cam newton going into next season and i'll tell you how you're wrong it's a hung jury for me. Um, it's it's less about I don't think he should be it than I am convinced he should be at this point. So um, right now is that we've had uh, two full games with Cam Newton and one game where he came in and ran some touchdowns. One game he looked good. The other game he looked awful. Um, and to the point of this is that you're, there's question marks or at least I think immediately you're gonna we're we're asking about the health of the shoulder, or maybe even just the strength of the so- shoulder at this point. Right? Um, Cam Newton could be an effective runner. I think he could be an effective quarterback. It's a, um, I need to see more tape though before I'm ready to sign up. 
I'm not a- adverse to the idea if they believe that he can play a full season. They think they can truly win with him. But I think under the current tape that we have right now, I think it would be premature to invest at this point with this data for 2022. So I am hung as in the jury is still out for me. Is that not a no? But I am not a yes at this point, sign it at this moment. Uh, because right now the Carolina Panthers are gonna have to, they're gonna have to have somebody, and they better be cheap. And they probably won't be good. So I need more time to say yes. So the until then, the answer is jury's out. Tony Dunn, I'm here to tell you I'm hung, but it has nothing to do with the jury. And you know what else? Cam Newton should be the starter of the Carolina Panthers in 2022. Listen, it's so foolish right now when you look back at all the woes that the Panthers have had at the quarterback position that the answer to our que- to all of our questions about who the Carolina Panthers would be going forward, all of the answers lied in the guy that we actually cut. Cam Newton has football left to play. I know he had a very bad performance recently against the Miami Dolphins, Tony Dunn. But you have to consider that uh, at that point in time, Cam Newton had been a part of the 2021 Carolina Panthers for, what, maybe a week and a half? That's no time, Tony Dunn. This is, to me, like people last year criticizing Cam Newton during that COVID year when he also came into it with no offseason, no OTAs, no ability to really adapt to the playbook, and yet he was still able to win seven or eight games with the Patriots last year in spite of that. Cam Newton didn't even start on this football team this year. He's always being asked to to start the race a lap behind all of his other contemporaries. Cam Newton deserves a shot at being the starter from the jump. And I think that next year would be a good year to do that. Whether we like it or not, as I said earlier, Matt Rule is going to continue to be the head coach moving forward. And Cam Newton whether we like it or not, is the kind of player that fits what Matt Rule is looking for. An incredibly dedicated, hard worker that's going to come in, put his head down, and go to work and do what he has to do for the football team. Matt Rule has said that, as has said as much about Cam Newton. And also, Tony, we really don't know that we're going to have any better options than Cam going forward after this year. You're hoping that there's a quarterback in the draft that we like enough, which we still might be able to draft that player and then build them up while Cam Newton takes the reins to start our our next season. But even if you wanted to upgrade through free agency, you're talking about trading for a player with picks that the Panthers don't have and with the money that the Carolina Panthers don't have to spend because of how badly contracts have been mismanaged. So yes, Tony Dunn, am I a Cam Newton stan? I know we both are, but you're damn right I am. And I do think Cam Newton should be the quarterback of the Panthers going forward in 2022. Next take.
Next up on the docket, this is our final kind of non-football related question. And I saw this picture online and I felt that it would make a good debate my take question. And that question is, what is the best championship trophy, Tony? Which one do you think is the coolest if your team battled hard all season? Which of these trophies would you be more proud to take home? Take any bias of what sport you like better out of the equation. Which one of these looks the coolest, the most aesthetically pleasing? I tell you this is there isn't looks the coolest. There is the coolest. And the is the coolest is the Holy Grail Lord Stanley's Cup, the <laughs> oldest trophy in North America. 1893 is when this sucker was first awarded. And if you see all those beautiful bands of silver right there, the names of championship teams, not the team, but the players on those teams are inscribed on that cup where you then get that cup for it used to be a whole year, but now it's the summer. You get that cup and you get to tour. People get to share it with their families. They put it up on their mantle for the day. They take it to the water slide for the day. They go on the boat with it for the day. They bring it to East Carolina University where I saw it when the Carolina Hurricanes won it. They drink champagne. There's all of these awesome traditions that come with a award that has been hard fought over since 1893. It starts with drinking champagne out of Lord Stanley's cup, the Holy Grail, the Stanley Cup. Next, this is awarded by the commissioner on the ice to the, to the team. And the next step is the captain of that team is the one who hoists the cup. No one else but the captain. Only three times in history has it been someone who wasn't the captain of the team who has ho hoisted the cup, and that's because the captain deferred to them. One of those was Wayne Gretzky, who let Steve Smith hoist it because the year before he had been blamed as the reason for them not making their fourth Stanley Cup. Um, so this is just one example of the tradition that comes with this. And I got to tell you this, any trophy that has been used multiple times to baptize the babies of players has to be the coolest cup, the coolest trophy. There is no other but Lord Stanley's cup. Dad, don't they all drink from it too, every championship team? Champagne. champagne. Yeah, yeah, I don't. That's the oldest yeah. tradition with the cup. Yeah. That's the first one. That one started in 1893. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, listen, if I want some fancy drinking utensil, I'll, I'll order some fine china, okay? Listen, I may be a little bit biased here, Tony Dunn. And yeah, I was a very young whippersnapper when Michael Jordan was playing ball. I was born 1990. But I, you know what, I grew up at the very tail end of his career when he was still dominant. And a movie that was very influential in my young life was Space Jam. And I remember Michael Jordan hoisting up this big, beautiful, golden, round trophy. And I always thought that was the coolest thing, man. This, I mean, it's one 
pure gold, it looks like. I don't know if it's actually real gold. I'm assuming that it's somewhat real. But, dude, it is absolutely beautiful looking. It's big, but not too big. I like the fact that it's gold, too. Gold seems royal. You know, wars were fought over gold once upon a time, Tony Dunn. So, the fact that, you know, it has a good shape, it's big and powerful and strong, but it's something that you need two hands to hold up to, I, I really do think that that NBA trophy, it's looking the nicest, if I do say so myself. That's another edition of Debate My Take. Man, it's been a good one so far. Um, guys, we're here every Tuesday night on the C3 Panthers podcast, um, the longest running Panthers podcast out there. Um, we've got a lot of content coming to you, including Debate My Take. We want you to be a part of it. You can call into our Tuesday show and in the post game show at 252. 252- Two two eight fifty ninety eight. That's two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. We want for you to get in the comments of this show right here, and um, tell us who won tonight's debate. You are the judge and jury, Panther Nation. And the one thing, as you bang that gavel, as you bang that gavel, smash that. Thumbs up for us. Follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, you can, your, you can tell them how they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Find my written contact, uh, content at drafttech.com as the analyst for the Carolina Panthers. And every Friday at 7 p.m. you can join us right here for the Friday free for all the show for the fans, by the fans. It'll be a fun time. I invite everyone to join the cult of free-for-all. Thank you, Panther Nation. Stick with us. Dropping those comments. Be a part of a be a part of the content. Let us know what you want us to debate next. See you next week. And guess what? We can't lose this week because it's a bye week. We bought ourselves some sanity. See you guys next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.